Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One One Kiss Means means Forever. This is the podcast that talks about the changing seasons and every now and then we go to a fortune teller to see what will fuck shit up. Um, we're talking about your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on uh, Netflix and Hallmark and Lifetime, etc. And sometimes we do throwbacks from way back when that you can watch on Hallmark Movies Now. Yes, which is what we're doing today because today we are talking about a movie that originally aired March 8th of 2014. So like, God... Where does time go, guys? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> 2014 sounds like it should have been recently, but then you think about it and you're like, fuck, that was eight years ago. And then you, like, lose your mind a little bit. Um, <laughs> True. Like, there there are children who can, like, be autonomous people who were not born yet. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we are talking about a movie called A Ring by Spring today. <laughs> Um, so this is what the Hallmark Movies Now uh, synopsis is, because I did look at the synopsis from Hallmark, and it's like four paragraphs, and I was like, nah, we don't need that one, not when we're going to do our own version. So this is the short couple sentences, or one sentence version. Wise. <sighs> A fiercely independent single woman is forced to consider marrying her not-so-perfect boyfriend when a gypsy fortune teller convinces her she must be engaged by spring or risk a lifetime alone. And it stars Rachel Boston and Kirby Morrow, who only died like a year ago. Really? I thought it was was more than that. No, I don't think so. Poor guy. Yeah, I feel bad about that. R.I.P. Mr. Kirby, yeah. Ah, well, moving on to the movie. Um, <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> so Karen, played by Rachel Boston, is very cynical about love. She does believe in it, but she also believes that it requires giving up your personhood to get. She dates, sure, but she never goes all in for for fear of losing herself in the process. She works as a consultant, helping companies be more productive and profitable, and has two best friends as her emotional support system. One evening in the fall, she and her friends end up at a charity fundraiser with a fortune teller. One friend has been trying to buy a collection of vinyl to grow his record store business, and the other has been trying to get pregnant. The fortune teller gives them both good news, though they are obtuse enough to not recognize it immediately, even though like it seemed so obvious to me. Um, whatever. <laughs> um, she also tells Karen that she has to, quote, receive a ring by spring or she will never be married, end quote. And Karen shrugs this off and goes about her life. I want to point out, receiving a ring does not necessarily mean an engagement ring. Just putting it out there. Well, the story's not over, folks. (laughs) Could have been a ring on the phone, you know, ring-a-ding-ding. Yeah. Or, I don't know. A circus. (laughs) A hula hoop. (laughs) (laughs) The following January, Karen's friends' predictions have come true. The record store is expanding and Stephanie is pregnant. Now is the time for Karen to panic. 
She has a dinner date with her boyfriend, who, red flag, has never introduced her to his family, and she is convinced that he is going to propose. It's not really what she wants, she thinks, but she's got this prediction in her head now. So when he doesn't propose and instead breaks up with her, she is blindsided, especially when he tells her that he's breaking it off because he wants to get married and have a family, and clearly she doesn't. Karen has to take a real look at her life and her psyche. She thinks she does want to get married and have a family, but has never been super excited about her boyfriends. She's never fantasized about her wedding or anything like that. So she decides the thing to do is to contact all her old boyfriends and find out why they broke up with her because she is always the dumpy, it seems like. And it turns out it was always that she seemed to not care about them enough Um, and was the uninterested party, and they were like, well, if she doesn't like me enough, I guess I'll go find somebody who does. Here, here. Meanwhile, Karen has started a new consulting job. The business, built sort of accidentally by Tom, played by Kirby Morrow, sells secondhand stuff left after a college semester is over. Karen's job is to organize and recommend some changes that can help the company up their productivity, which has stagnated recently. Karen is so personable, Tom develops a pretty immediate crush and invites Karen to join their bad bowling league on Sundays. Time keeps ticking by towards spring. We get, you know, periodic title card updates. (laughs) (laughs) Karen gets back together with her boyfriend Bryce just so that she isn't doomed to be alone by the fortune teller. And they agree to get married and everyone is kind of like, meh, about the whole thing. They're like, I don't want to like hurt their feelings. And Tom is sad about Karen not being available, especially since they have the same taste in food, which obviously means soulmates. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but he's very gentlemanly about it and backs off, even when his friends tell him he could easily steal her away if he tried. So Karen's friends and family are all a little confused by the relationship with Bryce. Like, he's fine, but doesn't seem to make Karen happy or understand her at all. But they're good people and don't actually tell her that they don't like him. And they try really, really, really hard to help Karen see why she makes the choices she does. And Karen is ever so slowly getting with the program and seeing everything for what it is. One afternoon, while Stephanie is at the hospital for a birthing class with Karen, because Karen came. Uh, Karen runs into Tom, who is visiting his uncle. And Karen asks to say hi, since his uncle is on the bowling team and she knows him. And in the hospital room, where his uncle is laid up with a broken hip, I believe it is, um, or leg or something. Something. uh, Karen learns all about this uncle's wife and how much he loved her and blah, blah, blah. And so Karen leaves the hospital feeling all the feelings of like, I've never felt that before, and I feel bad (laughs) feelings. And so she asks Tom what he thinks of Bryce. And Tom is honest with her. Um, And he's not like, Bryce sucks, but he's like, I don't like him for you. And it has nothing to do with really Bryce himself as, like, not liking him as a person or even Tom. But just basically how Bryce dims her or how she dims her personality to please Bryce and he doesn't like that about their relationship yes you should always be with the person that brightens you up 
compliments you, as it were. Yes. Karen next talks to her parents and realizes that a lot of her feelings on love comes from a misunderstanding of her mother's life. See, she was under the impression that her mother gave up this like really cool career in publishing just to be a wife, which is technically true from one perspective, but what her mother wanted to do was marry her husband and it wasn't a sacrifice to her at all. So Karen has been carrying around this idea that love means you have to give up something. Um, they're like means up means giving up who you are as a person her whole life. So she's been carrying around this ideology and Karen's like, dear Lord, what's going on? <laughs> Epiphany moment. And Karen breaks it off with Bryce for good. On her last day at the job, Tom throws Karen a goodbye party and asks her out one last time. And she has decided that since she clearly isn't going to get her a ring by spring, she is doomed to be single forever, meaning she is not dating anymore because that's how things work. Um, so poor Tom. Uh, but she is still invited to be part of the bowling league, even though she is not dating Tom nor part of this company anymore. So the following Sunday, which is bowling day, and also the final Sunday before the start of spring, Karen is shopping and runs into the fortune teller. Shocked that Karen is not wearing a ring, the fortune teller feels horrible and gives her a refund. And Karen is also completely depressed by this encounter, so crying in her car, she almost forgets to go bowling. So Tom keeps checking his watch, hoping that Karen is going to show up. And when she finally does, he can tell that she is upset. Uh, in order to cheer her up, he gives her the rest of his off-brand Cracker Jacks, which he knows are her favorite, as a gift of sorts. You know, it's like, here's my used food. <laughs> uh, and, but also, who doesn't feel better after a snack? So, True. You know. Absolutely. He's on the right, he's right, right page. So Tom starts to walk away, but Karen has reached into the box and like Dobby receiving a sock the prize in the box is a pink plastic ring so Aww. omg karen has gotten her ring by spring from tom sort of <laughs> <laughs> looking up karen realizes instantly that tom is her person so they kiss and since one kiss, kiss means forever, forever. Karen will no longer be scared of love and commitment. The end. Quickly. The end. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Leave. <laughs> this, this ring you had no idea that was in this box immediately means I love you forever. <laughs> it's very strange like because I, I would argue that Tom does not give her a ring. No. For sure doesn't. He gave her a you know, he gives her the crack and fun, which is more is kind of like a ring for her, meaning he understands her and loves her. Yeah, which I get. I yeah, but it I, doesn't I, make any sense. It, I, I have problems with the with the premise because also like it's it, again a la Dobby and sock. Um, he doesn't know he's done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then she gives him this look like. Master has given us freedom. <laughs> and he's all like, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> well, to be fair, at least he has been basically saying that the whole movie. And to the movie's credit, she has also. 
she kept she keeps saying things like if circumstances were different, you know, if I hadn't just gotten back together with Bryce, I would have really liked to have gone out with you. Yeah. And then the, the only thing that pisses me off and like Hannah and I were having a conversation about like romance genre tropes off mic earlier. She made a stupid rule for herself that now she can't date. So it's completely within her power to like just date Tom. <laughs> Yeah, but she's like, no, I don't really want to be happy, and I well, don't want to pursue this with you. <laughs> she also so- seems to come up with a rule that if she's not ever going to get married, she can't date, right? Regardless of if you believe in fortune tellers or you know whatever, it's like the, the fortune teller really just said that like, you wouldn't get married if you didn't right. have a ring. Doesn't so, mean like, that you're not in a relationship for thirty eight years or whatever. Right. Like, okay, legal partnership, uh, you know, common yeah. law marriage, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, worked for Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell forever. Right. Like, Whatever. There, there yeah. are people who don't get married. Absolutely. It's fine. Um, so, I mean, we, we're we without heralding it, we're in what the fuck moments yes. um, right now. But one of the other what the fuck moments is sort of related to this right now for me is okay. how her character is completely slightly like sociopathically unaware of other people's feelings for her and what i mean by this is like so she has all of these boyfriends and we meet these boyfriends and they all give their reasons of why they broke up with her and they were all like well i loved you and you didn't love me back she goes you loved me i didn't know that <laughs> and they're like we were together for three years you fucktard like <laughs> you felt that way about me i'm so sorry and they're like dear lord woman <laughs> you know she's just uh, like oh, da, da, da. yeah nobody cares yeah no she's and but she's also like very unaware that like of how other people see her yeah in the world like she is shocked that people are like You've never said a word about wanting to be married. So, like, I didn't know that you wanted that in your life. And as a single person who doesn't talk about wanting to be married, it's because I don't really have that desire. And yeah. I know that about myself. <laughs> but also, you have said said as much within yes. conversation. Like, yeah. you know, and people tend to be vocal about the things that they like, which is what Stephanie says later. She goes, yeah. You know that I wanted to be a mother because I talk about it constantly. <laughs> right. And there, there are, you know, you can go through phases of like, you know, I feel like everybody at some point went through that phase. At least most people I know went through, through went through the like early 20s phase of like, maybe I don't actually want kids ever. And now yeah. we're like, oh, wait, no, I do. I actually do. <laughs> And things are different. Absolutely. And there are things are different in certain phases of life, which is another what the fuck moment that I have. Because okay. she says to her parents and her parents – or the, rather her parents say to her, well, you have a pattern of not staying with guys. Like this is your pattern. And I'm like woman's 30. Like yeah. people date people and don't stay with them. Like this is not a pattern. Also, things just don't work out. <laughs> also, I just – like it's one of those things where like in that – it's like, yeah, you you do break up with everyone until the person that you don't. Absolutely. That that's the only way it works. That's the like, way what your twenties are for. Sorry. Well, but even even if it, you know, that could go into your eighties. Like Yes. <laughs> like there's always an ending point <laughs> until the person that 
you don't end with. Yeah. Until you, you, you know, die, rather. Yeah. yeah. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Such a weird thing. You know, this goes along with something that I was thinking about while watching this movie is like it is posited as a character flaw in her that she is not romantic. Yes. And I found that very off-putting. Well, of course, because this is the genre we're in. We're in romance. If they're not a romantic person, then there is something fundamentally wrong with you. Yeah. You know? But, like, I would also say that she is romantic in very, like, in quirky ways, maybe. Hmm. But, like, like, it's really romantic that, like, she and Tom have this, like, I, I just called them Cracker Jacks in my head because they're not. Cracking fun. Cracking fun. Like, that, like they they love them. They seem to be the only people who love them. But they, like, it's really cute that they like to share. And their favorite movie is, like, a really sappy romance movie. Yeah. Apparently. Like, yeah. And I was like, that, that, I, I would think that's romantic. Yeah. It might not be, like, roses and chocolates romantic, but it's a different kind of romantic. What I feel this movie is, is someone's writing exploration of their own ideologies concerning romance, marriage, and love. And that is what this movie is, which is why ultimately this movie feels like an artistic expression of a therapy session. Oh, yeah. Because I kept being like, go to therapy, go to therapy, go to therapy the whole movie. Which is why it's interesting to watch because she's going through these discoveries and then it's not 100% going through the discoveries with the person that she ends up with, which is one thing I do appreciate about this movie because generally when we have movies like this, it's like I have all these issues that I'm discovering that I have these issues and this person has all the answers to fix me and I'm glad that this movie didn't really do that. We don't get enough of those movies where they have their own self-discovery and then gets to, oh, Okay, this is my person. No. Well, like, as m- this movie, as much as, like, the character of Karen and, like, I have my issues with it, Tom, on the other hand, I'm like, everything about him is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is gentlemanly. He backs off when she says no. He, like he's open about what he's feeling mm-hmm. he like sees her for who she is he's honest with her like i'm just like yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep 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 <laughs> he's very uh has a lot of integrity yes yeah. he's chill but also you know has a great business <laughs> yeah, right like everything you know like he, not that he's a perfect person but he just like his reactions and responses to things are correct in that he like she says no, and he says, I can respect that. And, like, it, not that he doesn't try to ask her out again, but, like, he does wait for times when it's, like, oh, maybe she would be receptive here because her situation has changed. It's Absolutely. not like he asked her out every day and made yeah. it a hostile work environment. Or, like, that, like, and he was just, like, I'm here to be your friend. I'm not going to steal her away from her boyfriend, even though as much as I might like to. And people think I could do it, like, that's inappropriate and I shouldn't do that. And, like, she's still invited to this thing even though she shot me down. And, like, you know, when she shows up and is clearly upset, his response isn't, like, you want me to kiss it and make it better. Yeah. It's, like, have some some, food. Here's some sugar. (laughs) A, I noticed. And B, like, 
here's food to make you feel better because that's what everybody does feel better after food. It just sure. it's a thing. He's like, here's some food. I'm going to go bowl now. Have fun. Yeah, like, like, I'm here if you need me. You can always come to me. But, like, I'm not going to, like, smother you. Yeah. Well done, Tom. Well done. Yeah. So. Agreed. Can we we talk about the time, timeline of this movie? Yes. Please. Let's talk about how time works. uh, Because it's insane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, not so much. I mean, the fact that you have to get a a engagement ring by March 21st is stupid, but whatever. Um, but except for the like first few scenes where you meet the fortune teller and go to this party, m- the majority of this movie takes place in the span between like mid January and March 21st. Yeah. In that time period, Stephanie, th- this is the one that really got me, was Stephanie announces that she's pregnant, goes through morning sickness, and also appears to be eight months pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I actually never thought of that one. <laughs> wow. Because usually morning sickness goes away by a- about the second trimester, which, you know, like, I will give you that she had some morning sickness, and she told her friends a little bit early but then, like, she's she would barely be showing. Yeah. Or it'd be maybe a slight bump, maybe. Yeah. But, but like, in that, like, that they would there would be the bump in the fourth I month. I think she's pregnant, but like, maybe I, I don't want to say anything because maybe I'm guessing wrong. Look. Yeah, absolutely. Not, you know? not like, big as bump. opposed to like heavily pregnant. <laughs> Well, they needed the excuse to get her to the hospital, so she had to already be in, like, birthing classes, you know? It it was just, like, but then she should have been further along, but I don't even know if that's possible if you do the math Maybe she should have been coming with her to, like, one of her ultrasounds. That would make plenty of sense, you know? Why not? Right, just as, like, somebody, I don't know. Who knows? There could have been another reason to be at the hospital. Absolutely. Like, so-and-so needed an x-ray. I don't know. How else does, does time work? Do you have any other, like... Well, um, so Bryce misses Karen, but they break up for, like, a total of 10 days or something like that. Like, it's a very short amount of time for them to be broken up and then getting back together and getting married. Um, And it's like, yeah, okay, he can miss her, but, like, not in a... Like, I'm so sad and I still miss her. Yeah. Way. <laughs> it's just not long enough for that. I agree. Because, like, Two if it's for that. Yeah. Like, it just, it, like, it, it's basically everything is fine, except it's condensed into a time period that is too short. Because they couldn't include Christmas. That's the thing is when you have movies that take place like this, you have – and like there's any sort of meaningful amount of time, you have to consider Christmas. But you can't because it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> this is a fascinating like phenomenon that happens in these movies. Well, they could have – they could have picked a different marker than spring – then no like, because it rhymes and it's adorable and spring is or, a time well, for love well, well that's not even what i mean but like they could have somehow made it like a ring by spring and spring meant like when like 
there is a spring festival or something rather than mm. it actually being like March 21st. True. To give them like a mid-April at least. <laughs> or, and this is something that adds to my time thing for you too, is like when a specific maybe late spring flower starts to bloom. Yeah, right. Which is one thing about like t- how does time work that she, at the beginning of this movie, she plants some seeds and these seeds grow into a full like three feet high flowering blossom thing within this space of time too. And I'm no horticulturist, but I feel like that that would not happen. These And it was snowing. <laughs> yeah. They do so outside in the snow. Yeah. It's like February 20th and these like buds are shooting up. I'm like, no, they're still wearing coats and shit. <laughs> like, these, are, well, these are not <laughs> sprouting yet. Sorry. Agreed. I c- completely agreed. It's just a little confusing about – it's just condensed in a way that condensed. is like, no. At the time that we are recording, at least where I am, like it is past it is past March 21st and there are no flowers. <laughs> there are no sprouts. And, the, and, and on the other, in New York, there are. Oh, there are plenty of flowers. Go. Damn it. I want to be. There are some flowers, but it's snowing right now where I am. Snow. But also, I mean, climate change, so everything's fucked true um so yeah <laughs> climate change is real should we get to hallmark hallmarks or is there more yes, that- so let's yeah, do no, it we don't have any more all right so this one i actually wrote down before i even started watching the movie okay <laughs> a person with a standard name spells it weird <laughs> uh-huh. yes uh she spells it c-a-r-y-n karen yes yeah it's like stop why <laughs> Why not? Um, she comes in to save the business. <laughs> she is thinking she's getting a proposal, but gets a breakup instead. And it takes place at the obvious restaurant because only people who go to this restaurant get a proposal. <laughs> um, she's dating someone who is her complete opposite when her real match is someone who is her in male form. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask that guy, so when are you going to ask her out? Yeah. Um, they have uh, that she gets back together with the wrong guy is one that um, I have. Mm-hmm. And she does swear off dating. This is true. Um, she also gets some boomer advice from Mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a last one. I don't know if you have how many more you have. Uh, just a couple. Okay. Because my last one is in one instant, they go from we are not in love to we are in love. Yes. <laughs> Um, I have old people. Old people love informs you on how you should feel about your partner. Mm-hmm. So someone else's circumstances tell you how you should feel. And then along your last one is, I'm sorry it took me so long to figure it out. <laughs> God, I hate that. I, I really hate do. that line. Because uh, it's saying like, I'm sorry I'm emotionally stupid. And you're not. Feelings right. develop and evolve. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Parade? Pretty Parade. I didn't have too much. Um, I just thought Allie Liebert's first blue dress at the Fortune Tellers, when the Fortune Teller says you're going to be a mama someday, was gorgeous. And honestly, I think Allie Liebert's just a pretty parade. She was glowing in this movie. 
Yeah. Um, my real pretty parade is she had this cute little blue jacket with like military style buttons at one point. And I was like, Aww. this is adorable. And I loved it. Um, but I also wanted to talk about the, I don't know if we're calling it a conference room because it was sort of open spaced. Like the Google uh, area. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Of this business. But she's giving a presentation at the business for the employees to be like, you guys work too much. You need to stop working and that will make you more productive, which like is a weird concept, but I like okay, follow it. I'm on board with it. But so first of all, it's like open, but also conference room, which was confusing. And then it had cameras that projected behind her of in front of her but like very low down so like it was almost like behind her was projected her stomach (laughs) it was just a very strange it was a strange setup. setup in like you know, I, I get that it was probably, you know, like, we're going to use this for the shoot, blah, blah, blah. But it was just a strange choice to have that. Like, even if you, like, just didn't turn on that camera. Yeah. It wouldn't oh, have been sure. so weird. Like, I that, I that's – I was I was confused by it. So, so that was an anti for sure. It, well, and I don't even – I can't even get to anti. It was just, like, utter confusion. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Very cool. Um, across the universe. Um, one, but you might have the you, same one. We might have the same one. Go ahead. So young Karen is played by Jordan Ashley Olsen, who has been in a million Hallmark movies. But we wanted to include her, especially as our girl Sage, who was reading Sealed with a Kiss, which uh, created our whole Across the Universe segment anyway. Um, and I also liked that we met her while she's reading. Oh, that's true. Ooh, good call. Yeah. Very nice. And I was um, just spe- like, yeah. Speaking of that whole reading thing, like um, this movie starts out with her just saying how Romeo and Juliet is not a romance. And I just want to say that I am fully on board with that interpretation. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of problems with Romeo and Juliet. I like, I used to spend a lot of time being like, this is so easily fixable and I'm annoyed by everyone. And we took that emotions and made a podcast out of it. <laughs> Yes. That was my only one. Did you have anything else? No. That cool. was it. Good. Did you have any new and noteworthy? Um Yeah. Um I so we never really see fortune tellers in any real sort of way, so I thought that was new and noteworthy. Um I we, we don't often see that the if I were single, I would have really liked to go out with you sort of statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my favorite new and noteworthy, which I find is find is interesting is and it's kind of an across the universe but i guess not is they were quoting movies from the cultural zeitgeist meaning office yeah, space like true. they were they were using like movie quotes that are recognizable but we also have fake movies in this universe as well which yeah. we're pitching a fake movie for valentine's day so i thought it was noteworthy to sort of point that out that we have both obvious our universe movies and yeah not Though their office space was not very good. <laughs> I felt bad about it, but I was like, mm. no. Any, anybody's 
impression of Stephen Root in that character is terrible. <laughs> Unless you're <laughs> Stephen Root. <laughs> it's true. Do it's it. true. But like, like it, it feels very uh, forced to be doing the like the stapler okay. bit. It is just like not a agreed. Yeah, like you need to have seen the movie and know what it is, but also at the same time, it's like no, stop. <laughs> How about you? Anything new and noteworthy? Um, I wanted to just shout out that there is a man in this movie who touts having no kids as like the lifestyle that he's. Like, into, he and his wife, that's what they do. That's what they're into. And, like, that's what they want. And no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, good for you. That's absolutely. Yeah. Get it. Not everybody needs it. Who wants it? Supporting hmm. shout out. I didn't have one. I just said Allie Liebert was pretty cool. Oh. She's cool supporting, and I just feel like I should support her. Done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss meter. Kiss meter. All right. Um, so I thought it was a deserved kiss because it is. We only get one kiss in this movie. It means forever. Um, and because it was so deserved, I didn't even mind that it was in public because it wasn't like in front of everybody. It was just sort of like around everybody. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it was very like the ki- the kiss itself was very lips pulling at lips. Like yeah. Not even lippy, but just, like, pulling at the lips <laughs> in a way that I was just like, eh. So I gave it a six. I That is exactly the same thing for the exact same reasons. It's a six. I said it's fine, but it's, it is, like, I said it was just straight up lippy because you're right. It's, like, camel lip. Like, you know, they're just, like, lipping each other. <laughs> camel and, lips. That's a very good way to put it. And then they pause on it, and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> Freeze frame, lip lock, done. <laughs> <laughs> and it's preceded by the whole, I'm sorry it took me so long to figure it out. I'm never going anywhere. <laughs> so six it is. Agreed. Uh, so, Katie, would you watch this movie? <laughs> so, <laughs> this, despite... Or in spite of. I don't know. Never know what to say there. I like this movie. I think it's cute. I think it's different than the normal formula that we, like, for all the reasons we've already discussed, it's it's a fun little journey. Um, it's not necessarily, it's not my favorite Rachel Boston movie because I feel like she's shouting the entire time. She's always talking like this the whole movie. And I'm like, dear Lord, woman, calm down. But I, I like Rachel Boston, so I think, you know, just pick another one. I I kind of come down in the same space where, like, I love Rachel Boston. I Like, I, I find her really fun a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she is a big part of the reason why this movie is watchable. Mm, that's a good point. Um, because I feel like with a lesser actress, this could have been really uncomfortable. Um, Fair point. I don't think it's required watching, but again, it is quite watchable, and and you know it, it is a little different. It's a little you know, Tom is like good good people. Yeah. So you know, I don't think it's a required watch, but I I think it can be watched without regretting all of your life choices. <laughs> 
High praise indeed. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's sweet. It's just overall sweet. It's a nice yeah. little love story. So there we go. Agreed. Okay, MF stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on another trip down movie memory lane uh, <laughs> and uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. One kiss means forever. We're the one in the four are numerals. Uh, you know, it's April. We're doing, we're doing premieres um, and we're still doing premieres and we'll be doing premieres until they stop doing premieres. So like live tweeting. It's fun. Yeah, and if you want to email us at any point, you know where to go. It's onekissmeansforever at gmail.com, and it's all spelled out like it is on our logo. And as always, thanks to Flint Pastors for his intro, outro music. His stuff is on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we will see you all in a couple weeks for another movie that we'll Yay! talk about. <laughs> that's how it works. Yes. <laughs> All right, happy spring, everybody. Woohoo! Bye, guys. Bye. And that's the cat. I was hoping we wouldn't do this. Let's see what happens. Hold on. <laughs>